0: on your body every day, pushing it to the limits, limits. and have all the willpower in the world, but you just can't get to the next level. Well, that changes today. This is the Power Building Podcast. This is the the Power Power Building Building Podcast. Podcast. If it's physique competitions, powerlifting, sports psychology, or sports nutrition, Chris Marzarella is the quintessential go-to, unless you want someone to blow smoke, because trust me, that ain't going to happen. Keeping it real, you're listening to the Power Building Podcast, and this is your host, Chris Chris Marzarella. Marzarella. Hey, folks, this is Chris Marzarella. I am the host of the Power Building Podcast. For those of you just tuning in, this is the first episode, and I figured it would be a great way to know who I am by getting interviewed by this man right here, my brother from another mother.
1: Ooh.
0: Ooh. This is Mikey <laughs> T., otherwise known as Mike Timpani. Uh, give us a little about yourself.
2: All right. Well, I'm, I'm excited to be here for your first podcast. Thank you. Um, and, I, and I thank you for letting me be a part of this and, and, uh, and helping everybody else get to know who you are. You know, it's, a, it's a little weird interviewing yourself in front of a camera. So, <laughs> I tried,
0: and it didn't yeah, work. Yeah,
2: it's, it's hard because there's no follow-up. There's no one else to bounce stuff off. So I'm happy to be here and do that with you and cool. uh, use my little bit of podcast experience.
0: And, and a lot it. of bit of my of your personal experience with me, which is spanning <laughs> almost 20 years. It's been a long time. Oof. Yeah. Not on me.
2: Look at all this gray. Yeah. All this gray was not here when we
0: first oh, I had it. a full head of hair. <laughs> Kidding yeah. folks
2: It was purchased
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright so what are your questions for me today So
2: alright we're going to get into some questions To learn a little bit about you So then the audience will know who you are Those that don't know you and I mean those of us that do I mean, You're pretty much an open book But um, I think for the new listeners out there It's a great chance to get to know who you are So I think Before we dive into who you are as a bodybuilder, powerlifter, all this other stuff, you know, I want to know about a little bit about you, Chrissy, Chrissy Poo, the kid, you know, where did you grow up, you know, tell us a little bit about your family life, your upbringing, um, and then we'll, we'll start to bring it up to, to date.
0: Okay, so I grew up in Uni Township, which is up north, that's where I got my Guido accent from. Hey yo. Hey yo, how you doing? (laughs) And, um. I was a troublemaking kid. <laughs> you don't Gotten say. got in a lot of trouble when I was a kid.
2: Yeah. And, and well, what, what, what do you attribute that trouble to? I mean, uh, is was it, you know, from kids bullying? Was it from, uh, you know, being the youngest? What, what, what do you think?
0: Well, I'm the middle. Number you're five. the middle? Yeah. Uh, you're not the youngest? No, I was the middle. You act like a baby. I act like the baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, what happened was I have alopecia. And I have epilepsy, and I have about thirty percent of my hearing left, and there was no way for me to go out of, uh, to to sports. I couldn't get into sports, so I got in trouble instead. And I got <laughs> you ex- had to get noticed at home one way or another. Ex- well, I did. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So I uh, got expelled out of grade school in fourth grade. Because somebody tried to pull my wig off because of alopecia, mm-hmm. I had a massive scar on my head, and it was I looked like a mutant, a mutant. <laughs> and I had to wear a wig, and I didn't. I never felt comfortable in front of it with the wig. Yeah. And some kid tried to steal my property by pulling my wig off, so I beat the living hell out of him.
2: Right. Understandable. Understandable. I, I would tell my kid to do the same thing.
0: So, well, the last day <laughs> I was in school, my father came to pick me up, and he told the my father and the principal told my father, he's a pill that's hard to swallow. You got to do something about that. So that kind of set the tone for my life. Mm-hmm. I've never been easy to swallow. You know.
2: <laughs> You're definitely a character.
0: So, that being said, I started watching a lot of movies at home. One of the movies that my father took me to go see was uh, Pumping, Hi- bleh, Pumping Iron. Arnold. Big, Yeah, big Arnold fan. Until recently where he said, screw your freedoms and all that shit. But <laughs> I'm not going to get into politics yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's
2: that's for episodes down the road <laughs> Yeah that's
0: way down the road yeah. Years away So I saw that Pumping Iron And I also saw Rocky Bal- Well the, the original Rocky And those two were pretty instrumental On me becoming the person that I am in front of you um, And then there's another guy Lou Ferrigno I don't know if you ever heard of him Yep The guy who played the Incredible Hulk In the, uh, the 70s and 80s Yes Well he's very deaf Compared to what I am Really and uh, he became a world-class bodybuilder. And just the pieces start to fall together. And back in 1983, 84, I started working for a home uh, home fitness equipment center. And I met a big uh, Mr. Universe, four-time Mr. Universe, Bill Pearl.
2: Now, uh, how old were you then? Uh, I was
0: about 15, 16. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that, that was like my first dive into the water for uh, the fitness industry. Uh, long story short, I got my certification for the ACE a couple of months after that, because I just fell in love with everything about it. I was reading the magazines. I went When I got finished with the magazines, I went to the colleges, and I started doing my own little research. The, the, the research back then was really scant, Yeah. but I put two and two together. Then I met this guy, this four-time Mr. Olympia, Bill Pearl, and I had some uh, conversations with him. He was a spokesperson for one of... You ever hear of Universal uh, Machines? Yes. Okay. He was the spokesperson back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And he would come to this store and make appearances. And I got to know him on a professional level. Very smart man. Still alive, I think. But back then, he was just... He was enormous to Larger
2: than life, right? Like oh, a yeah. superhero.
0: But he was a very smart man. And he sort of set the tone for me getting started in the industry Mm -hmm. from there i started training people inside the store which was a home fitness but everything was on the floor (laughs) and the owner didn't care as long as he got a share Yep. so from there i i went to teaching but i was always training people on the side just a side side hustle Mm -hmm. and i graduated from college i became a special education high school teacher did that for 15 years uh I was nominated for teacher of the year twice. Oh. I didn't win. But from when I was a kid who got in trouble and expelled yeah, right? and suspended all that time to become one of them.
2: That's uh quite the uh
0: that's yeah that that quite was, the change. That's a uh, that's my story to tell. Yeah. So that's uh that was the the opening.
2: So going down the road you eventually met your wife. Now when when you met Sandy uh, were you still a teacher,
0: or were you... I was both. You were both? Yes, I was training people part-time, but it was te- well, I was... Well, when I first met Sandy, I was still in college. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, I got started late. Um, I graduated in 1999 mm-hmm. from NJCU, which is a uh, teaching college in Jersey City. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, from there, she wanted me to teach, 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 and then she realized my passion really is in... Uh, fitness and training and coaching and all that and I just I ran away with it I stopped teaching in 2016.
2: And that's right around the time you opened up your the, gym right?
0: Correct. Uh, two, well, 2007 was when we opened the franchise gym Snap Fitness. Yes yes yes. And shortly after that I met you mm-hmm. and then it was bro crush romance bromance <laughs> whatever you want to call it. But yeah, fell from in there love with me. Well, I, I we owned that gym for eight years. I remember yes. the day we closed, you shoved pens up your nose to make me feel better. <laughs> well, we didn't close, we sold. Yes. So I just want to make that distinction.
2: And that was a gym you opened up with your father.
0: My dad, yeah. One of the other uh, most influential people in my life. So yeah. we're gonna
2: backpedal for a second sure. and talk about your father now. Um how what influence did your father have on not only you but your brothers in the fitness industry because not only you got into fitness but your brothers uh your brother owned retro fitnesses and um so uh, obviously there was some type of influence there from from your parents or from your father so um, let, let's talk about that
0: okay years ago when i was probably about eight or nine years old my father would go to the club and the club was the ymca that was upstairs from the boys club where i also got kicked out of multiple times. <laughs> Ah, and, uh, yeah, he would go to the club. I'm like, what the hell is a club? Yeah. So my father brought me upstairs because they didn't want me downstairs. And it was where these guys were, like, working out. And that was my first interface with the Universal Machines. And then back then it was Nautilus. I don't, Did you ever hear of Nautilus? Yes. All right. Yep. Uh, that was just another line of gym, gym mm-hmm. equipment. And uh, that's another. My father just always stayed in shape. He taught me how to run, how to jog which I suck at still. <laughs> I but say, I enjoy you, it. You don't run. <laughs> no, I, 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 I trot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I do enjoy running. I get that runner's high every time I'm done. It makes me poop really well, too. <laughs> yes, thing. we are going to hear everything these, these days.
2: Yes. Well, listen, that's important.
0: <laughs> yes. You can't be backed up. No, never be backed up. <laughs> so after that, um, yeah, my, my dad... Just introduced me to fitness, and then we started started watching the movies together with uh, Rocky and Sylvester uh, Arnold, and we we, just, we bonded. We always bonded. My dad and I didn't always see eye to eye. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you guys something. <laughs> don't ever go into business with family. Never.
2: <laughs> well, I don't know. Me and my brother, we've been in business. It's, yeah, well, why don't you tell did people
0: it. what FTJ stands for?
2: Well, it stands for Fuck This Job. That's why it works. <laughs> you <know>? But... what? <laughs> Do you know what it is? I think I think me and my brother are very opposite, so that's why it works.
0: Um, well, my dad and, and I are very opposite.
2: Y- you guys are not opposite in in the butting heads arena, and that's no. where one of you, if one of you, if both of you are hard headed, it doesn't work. No, and you got two hard heads there.
0: But as I look back at it as a fifty five year old man, which I am now fifty five, and I see what my father was trying to do for me and teach me.
2: Yeah. You were just too hard headed to,
0: to listen. I was too young and stupid. Yeah. Now I'm just old and stupid. <laughs> but, but
2: but you're smart enough to admit that you know there was lessons there that you just weren't ready to to absorb.
0: Yes. Now the way I talk to my son now, I sound I hear my father coming into my face. <laughs> it, it, it's a great thing. Yeah. I, I, listen, there's no other man better than my grandfather than my father. Yep. Now. The, he they were i i get mouth like stuttery when i talk about my dad cuz he's just an influential great man in my life yeah my mom too you know and my mom always kept herself healthy and walking the dog all the time that kind of thing she but we're all fitness related
2: yeah so going back to you know and, and and this is a part of I think the whole podcast experience and learning about you and people learning about the, the fitness world because a lot of people in the fitness world wanna open gyms and you see uh these gyms open and close all the time. You see I mean, for a while uh what the hell was it? Um oh my gosh, it died so fast. The the workout of the day gyms. Fucking uh Orange Theory. No, no, no. You know where the big boxes where they CrossFit. No, CrossFit. Yeah, yeah, CrossFit. Workout was huge. of the day. Yeah, the gods, yeah. Um Yeah, but that just tells you it, n- now it's not as popular. I don't, I don't see CrossFit out there the way it used to. No. But a it's lot still, of people.
0: It still has its place. Sure, sure. For conditioning, and uh, I do uh, do some of that with some people.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think it's like anything. I mean, you you learn and pull and you know from different theories and create your own. But what I was getting to with with respect to that in your father, um, because a lot of people end up opening up businesses and gyms with their family. I've seen it besides you. I've seen it multiple times. Um, You know, what are some some things about working with your father, opening up a business with your family that now that you look back, you know, there were some things there that you learned, some things that you wish you didn't do. Um, You know, what was that experience like?
0: My dad taught me how to read a six-month uh, projection of sales, a one-year projection, five-year projection, ten-year projection. And these are, these are business matters that really don't get uh, touched on when you're in trainer school, quote-unquote. that's um, really, you, once you have somebody that will, be, will that desires to teach you that important stuff, You'll be better off in business yeah now the things that i don't like are the fact are are the ways that i spoke to my father and the way that i spoke to my son while in business and i accept my faults i accept my mistakes my dad doesn't you know hold it against me obviously but there were times and what was really terrible is i lost time with my dad <clears throat> sorry i lost time with my dad not communicating with him not telling him how i feel And if you're going to go into business with family, that's a mistake I don't want people to make. You know, if your son gets older and he expresses an interest, my father had the patience. I did not. Mm -hmm. And my my dad's just a a great, 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 great man to learn from. And anybody who meets with my father, they always feel like he's a charismatic guy. He's well-spoken. And the man can spin a story; <laughs> he just keeps you captivated, and that's one of the the things that I that I try to teach. Well, I, I'll try to teach in my podcast. Yeah. So, no, yeah. oh, it's
2: important because um, so many times people get into business with family members, and you know it makes the the holidays a little weird, yes. especially during contentious times. And um, you know, I, I think. You know, entrepreneurs always think positive and beautiful and everything's going to work out. And it, But l- running a business, owning a business is not that way ever. Like, there's many, many dips and dives. And if you're bold in a dip, then it affects the family. And
0: um, Well, it, funny you should say that. My recent venture into business with it was with a uh, local gym in Brick. Uh, it was a hardcore powerlifting and bodybuilding gym. And it didn't last long because the owner turned out to be uh, a mismatch for me, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll just leave it like that. <laughs> and uh, it affected my home life, just like with anything else, I mean, paying bills and stuff like that. But you know, my wife is smart enough to know uh, how to pay Pete from borrowing from Paul. That, that, yeah. That, that added. Yeah. But yeah, she she watched me. Have meltdown after meltdown, and, and I finally forced finally forced a buyout yeah. with the, person, the interest owner, excuse me, with the uh, major interest owner, and I'm glad I did because it was like one of the best things I ever did for myself mentally Absolutely. and for my family.
2: Yeah, but it's a lot easier doing that with a stranger that you don't have to break bread at Thanksgiving with.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, you don't. Mm, yeah, well, you know, your, your father, my father is very patient, man. My mom tried to be the mediator. When yeah. you're doing business with a stranger, you don't have that luxury. Well, you don't have the mediator. Yeah. Right. And I think some of the problems that were caused in the second venture could have been rectified if there was a mediator involved.
2: Yeah. It all comes down to communication. Right. You know? Exactly. And maybe you jumped into the... <laughs> To the soup a little quicker than you should have. You know?
0: I jumped into the deep end yeah. of the pool that like knowing how getting, to swim.
2: You know, like, I, I would you hear people get married after knowing the person for, like, 10 months. And I'm like, you haven't even been through eight seasons together. You know what I mean? Like, Well,
0: interestingly, you should say that. <laughs> because when I engaged, got engaged to my wife, my was amazing friggin' wife, I said, look, we need to move in together. Because I'm an asshole and you need to know how, how, and big how of an And how soon asshole. was this? Oof. That was... Two years before we got married, but we wanted a long engagement.
2: Yeah, but at least you were together long enough before you tied. Oh,
0: nah. yeah, we were together like yeah. two and a half years, and I probably two weeks into the, into the boyfriend girlfriend thing, the honeymoon stage. I knew yeah. I loved her. And, yeah, and
2: you and were, but you, but in that other business, you were in the honeymoon stage and went right into being married.
0: Well, you know. I know. Yeah, it was. No, it was honeymoon, <laughs> wedding, yeah, divorce. Divorce, real quick. Within like a year.
2: The, the checks didn't even clear. Yet. Oh, no, not <laughs> at all. The ink
0: was still fresh. The, the thank you notes were still being sent out <laughs> with stamps on them.
2: It, it, it became <laughs> no thank you. <laughs> but do you know all these things um, have giving you the education, the knowledge in, not only in business, but in fitness. Um, so taking away what you learned from the early days, um, of, you know, when you first got into fitness to, uh, doing training while being a teacher into owning your own business, being able to express your own ways of doing fitness all the way to now, like what have you learned throughout that process that that kind of brings you into the philosophy you have today?
0: If I had to, I don't know, all the mistakes and all the successes lead up to this point. And th- this is this is a learning experience for the last what 30, 30 oof thirty five <laughs> years. I don't know, but is but it, it's
2: but it's it's always a learning experience, right? I mean, like yeah, it, like, listen, I, th- I think being in in any type of business, if you're not learning, you, then you might as well close up. Like, I, there's always something to learn.
0: My one of my biggest. Tools is that I need to. Con- no, one of my biggest cravings is to learn new stuff all the time, uh, to educate myself, to continue to evolve. And I learned that at an early stage with uh, my father and I with business, that just uh, a week later, when we when we opened up the Snap, uh, Snap Fitness, the economy crashed, the recession, and we were charging twenty nine ninety five for a single membership, and people were buying it, but. Then there's at there's, the
2: time there was uh the ten dollar
0: right, and they're still spot, there, yeah, but they're not as prevalent yeah. now. People will pay for what you get. I I had a what 2400 square foot center, yeah, it wasn't big,
2: but it was clean.
0: It was I always made it sure was it was very so clean.
2: clean. It was 24 hours a day, and uh, you didn't have a lot of the riffraff that cheaper places bring in, yes, exactly. A lot of the kids. And so, for someone that wanted to train, it was it was always a good experience.
0: Right, right. And one of the things that I've learned is, as long as you give people an experience to to enjoy, obviously, you're gonna you're gonna have these people pass word of mouth, and that's pretty much where I've gotten my reputation as a trainer and a coach. Yeah, just from from word of mouth, and some referrals. Well, a lot of referrals and some ads. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, I. I Get my, most of my people that come from, come to me are referrals.
2: Yeah. And by this point, you would expect that. You know, you have so many years. I appreciate of, it yeah. as well. Yeah. You have so many years of experience and, and a lot of uh, personal experience in many different types of fitness that you actually went through. Um, you've been through the bodybuilding phase, which you're actually back into now. Um,
0: classic physique. Classic physique, yes. as
2: you older folks call it. No, well, time out. Time out. Time <laughs> out. On, class. anything classic is old. Come on, like this is you don't true. you don't say like, oh, that's that's my classic 2021 Jeep Wrangler out there. Like that's not...
0: that's a, that's a very good point. <laughs> now, when I started uh, competing in 1999 with my coach Joe Franco, who is now my still still my coach, um, I need accountability, so I get my boy Joe. Yeah. So when I started out, there was no such thing as a classic physique division. Mm-hmm. Classic, the big, the, classic the big, physique, classic physique physique. Classic physique divisions have weight limits and height cutoffs, especially mm-hmm. in the NPC, which is where now I've used drugs in the past, and I can only compete right now in the NPC. Yeah. Now the show that I own in Orlando, Florida, is the is the OCB. That's a drug tested federation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went with the OCB because I have a story to tell that you don't need a ridiculous amount of drugs. And you've seen me both 300 pounds and, and right now at 213.
2: But it's also wreaked havoc on you,
0: right? But it, in the old sense, when I was bodybuilding, I was going up against guys that were five foot two, the same weight as me. Yeah, and so that's they very were lopsided. Enormous. Yeah. They're, they're just. I went to the than... show with you. They, 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 they I know
2: they look unreal. Like they, they it, it, it looks like a squished up, you know, WWE doll. Yeah, like they
0: that's just, it... right. Like... but when you get a guy that's, that's they
2: can't wipe their own ass. There's no way any of them got a clean <laughs> ass.
0: You yeah. can't,
2: like, I can't imagine, like,
0: uh, honey, get that for me.
2: But when when you, you... eat so much broccoli that that should pop out.
0: <laughs> Sound effects, guys, not I mean, me. But, clean drop <laughs> but now we have classic physique which is my cutoff is six foot one at 220 pounds that's mm-hmm. my cutoff yeah so right now i'm weighing in around 213 4, 214 um which so even... now you're
2: on a more you're on an even playing field correct where before it was uh you towered over most of those guys i
0: did yeah absolutely I mean, i'm six foot one yeah on a good day
2: and they all, I mean, they were cycling like crazy to this.
0: <laughs> There's no... but, but if you look around, and, and you know this, they're all orange and they're all short. Yeah. I'll be orange, but I'm still tall and I'm <laughs> in a division that I know I have a very good shot at. Yeah, And This, absolutely. this division was only made six or seven years ago in a, in a non-drug tested federation, the one I belong to in the NPC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, the, the, the classic physique is the golden era of bodybuilding. Now that's from the 1970s, the Arnold time. Yeah. That's where it looked obtainable. Yep. Nowadays, you got these and I'm not taking anything away from today's body.
2: I mean, they're they're still putting in the work.
0: They're putting in the work. They
2: put a, a lot of work in, but they got a lot of uh. <laughs>
0: no, they're they're supplements. No, to... uh super supplements. Yeah. But they are dedicated just as much as I am. Yeah. they're a different breed. I can't you I won't use that. Amount of drugs. The yeah. amount of drugs that I use in my previous show where I almost died. Yeah, and, that,
2: so, and that's a large part of why. You, oh yeah. Yeah, you, uh, you're not doing that now. But then for a while you were also doing power build, uh, power, power lifting.
0: lifting. Yes. Power, I did power lifting for a few events. Uh, I've always been a weak power lifter. Now the most I ever pulled, deadlifted, was 600 pounds. Mm-hmm. Most I ever squatted was 485. Not many. No, let me let me rephrase that. I was a weak power lifter. Um, there are guys, there are guys that can do seven hundred. I think Eddie Hall just did eight hundred pounds for ten reps on a deadlift. My bench press, eh, four or five. Like I said, these are not big numbers. They sound big to the everyday person, but but in that
2: world, respectively, yeah. it
0: was. Yeah, uh... you know, comparing comparing I, I'm like probably last in place. But I just enjoyed doing the squat bench deadlift. Now, I also did, before I did bodybuilding, I did strongman events just because it was yeah. fun. I only competed once, and I sucked. <laughs> but I got all the way through, and I finished second from last.
2: There you go. At least you weren't last. Well,
0: it was out of 10, but yeah. yeah. So I, I found my home in bodybuilding. I always enjoyed the bodybuilder lifestyle, and here I am now, combining both worlds.
2: And that's great because you could take from all those worlds and give to your clients and give to the audience Mm -hmm. a lot of information that if someone never tried those other fields, they wouldn't even have a clue of what, you know, what they actually were and what was entailed. You lived it. You did it. You actually competed in it.
0: What's that Um, saying? uh, Walk the walk the walk? Yes, to talk i
2: don't know, I don't know. Right, you're not good with sayings we're gonna have to no. write we're gonna write you down sayings so you can read off of them all to, right
0: to be or not to be <laughs> yeah. i be
2: yeah you be <laughs> so out of all those types of events and all those different c- competitions and and we could even talk about you know just training people and everything what are some of your successes that you're proud of and some of the failures that you you learned from
0: well, let me get the failures out of the way. I've done a few and the biggest one is the lack of, when I when there's a breakdown of communication with people and my clients don't feel like my my needs their needs are being met. That's where I fail. But I also take each failure as a learning lesson, like my dad always told me to do. Don't look at it as failure, look at it as edu- education. Now, I've had multiple successes uh, both in the fitness industry and teaching. And uh, like I said, the, the two times I was nominated for Teacher of the Year, those were big successes because of where it came from. And there have been a couple of times in the last 20 years where I saw students that were notorious for getting in trouble. They made me look like an angel. Mm-hmm. And then they stopped me on the side of the road Hey, Mr. M, or Mr. Mars, or Mr. Marzell, they can't speak my name.
2: (laughs) My son's called you Mozzarella.
0: Mozzarella Sticks. Uncle Mozzarella.
2: Are you going to see Mozzarella Sticks?
0: Mozzarella (laughs) (laughs) mozzarella Sticks. So so they pulled me over, or they, they caught up to me on the street somewhere, and these kids that were gang members, gang members became social workers or teachers, you know, those are successes to me, and they said it was all because of you. See, those are, those are crazy moments. Like, I didn't think I had. They always said your head, your voice was always in my head when I wanted to, when I wanted to f up. Um, but that's that's the portion of my dad that comes through to these kids, and all I am is really the the, the messenger to the to the receiver.
1: Yeah, you know, but...
0: So those are the, the successes that I had in the fitness industry. I had a girl that held the state record for the biggest squat, 177 pounds, and she squatted 367 at wow. Nationals. Yeah, and her name is Alexis Cabia, and I've had multiple uh, first-place winners, and majority of my comp- physique competitors don't get out of the top three. I've had one or two. But they're usually in the top three to top five, yeah. which is big because of the organizations that they, they compete in. There's good 10 to 12 people. I just had a girl come yeah. in second in a figure.
2: And it's a very, very competitive field. Very, big, very yeah.
0: competitive. But that's one of the reasons why I love it Yeah, because I feel like I'm competing against the coaches to get my, my <laughs> well, clients. Well, sure. I
2: mean, there's competition there for you as well. Oh, yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, I want to be... I want to be be pit bull and Mr.
2: Worldwide. (laughs) Do you know, like, I got to say, like, personally, I I just don't don't get it the way you get it. But that's not for me to get. You know, I I get powerlifting. I get hard numbers. And those numbers tell you if you're going to win or lose. I just can't see how a field of judges have, you know, they just they can just pick and say, well, we like you and we don't like you. Like, well. I mean, I'm sure there's criteria there and they have to give you a breakdown, Um, but it's just so hard. Like you see everybody working so hard and you could just lose for something that I don't even know if you even, like God just didn't give you that part of the body or something.
0: (laughs) Now I've been judging for 10 years and that's a good point to bring up. If I'm looking at a woman, uh, physique, bikini, uh, figure, those are the three divisions. Um. physique, bikini, uh, women's figure, excuse me, women's physique, bikini and figure. And now wellness, uh, which is a thick bottom, heavy kind of look squat, you know, big ass, uh, strong thighs, tiny upper back. I'll
2: do the wellness.
0: You're doing wellness?
2: (laughs) Wellness. Honey, it's, (laughs) it's in the name of fitness (laughs) and I'm just trying to change my ways here and get more involved.
0: Big (laughs) ass. So, (laughs) so. What was my... Oh, all right, so I forgot my point because I was (laughs) thinking of the new uh, wellness category. Yes, who isn't? Right. So (laughs) the moment... A girl might look great up front. Yeah. And if she turns around and she's got a a couple of dimples on her butt or a little saggy hamstring area, that will mark her down. Uh So we're looking for a specific look in each category, all right? the, The joke of men's physique, the one with the board shorts... Is they don't they don't squat so they cover their legs. I've seen multiple guys doing leg work and they they belong in they belong in bodybuilding, but they get marked down in men's physique because they're too big. Uh-huh. Whereas in bodybuilding, you want to be as big as possible, as shredded as shredded as possible. You want to see striations. You want to, you want to see veins. You want to see all that. Yeah. Men's physique and now classic physique is the golden era of bodybuilding, like I said, the 70s look. That's a specific division, too. You don't want to be so lean and so cut that you're going to get marked down because you're not, you're not showing the proper look for that division. Mm-hmm. That's how, that's, that takes out the subjectivity. Yeah. That's, that's how we, we judge.
2: I don't know. I, I like judging by the numbers, but anyway, that's...
0: <laughs> I don't blame you. I understand that.
2: <laughs> and you've done it all. Like I, I, you know, I saw you up there, and and uh, and I was just like, I couldn't do this. But that's also not my thing. So you wonder. I'm glad that people like you understand what the hell you're looking at.
0: Well, I'm forcing myself to starve right now. I mean, now I'm, I'm... going to
2: start researching
0: this wellness physique thing. And,
2: uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to learn a lot about that. It's a lot of research. Category.
0: You no, know, it really is. Seems it's, like a great category. It it really is. It, it's more, it's it's no, but it's actually.
2: But uh, you know, on on the real level for women, there's a lot of women that just maybe that's not their their body type, but but they're very physically fit. Yes. So, it it is great that there there is, uh, you know, a category for different body types. Yes. Which is great because if you if you have put everyone in one type of category it'd be pretty much unobtainable for the vast majority of people.
0: I agree with that statement because there are girls that are small to medium boned or small to medium frame that can never do well in physique or wellness and that the wellness people can never do well in figure or bikini. Yeah. Because they're so strong on the bottom side, or the you know, from the from the thighs to the glutes. That they won't be able to do well in the other categories. That's why wellness is kind of sort of the the reason why they did that to show off that muscularity. Yeah,
2: well, I'm glad they did. I'm gonna have to research that. It's cool. Just look at past shows. So, <laughs> let's. Uh, so, what now? Now, now you got all this going on. You got your training. You do your personal training. You got all of this, this experience, and now we're here, your podcast. So. Podcast. What brought you to wanting to start a podcast now? Like what brought you down the avenue? Was it someone that, you know, in social media, like you were following people and you were like, hey, do you know, I see that these people are doing this and maybe this is a great way for me to put out content. Um, so like what made you start this podcast?
0: Uh, well, number one, my my main reason is to sift through the bullshit <laughs> that that prevails in the social media trainers some of the YouTube trainers and give my message from my point of view that it is possible to be strong AF and be a uh, superhero bod, superhero strong. And I want people to understand that there is a, a, a point where you'll want to use practical professional experience in coaching with me and evidence-based training and I geek out on that stuff all the time, but they don't care about sarcomeres or uh, how much volume is required for a stimulus in hypertrophy or or gains. (laughs) They want me to do that work, and that's one of the reasons why I developed the Power Building Podcast, is to sift through all that informational garbage or jargon and give you a clear and concise message. The only problem is I don't speak clear and concise. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to try. So uh, that was the main reason to cut through the bullshit and give it to easy man uh, layman terms.
2: Yeah, because, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, social media trainers and, and diet gurus. And, I mean, it is so hard. You see people that are you know 21 years old they're ripped they're young don't and they, you hate that and they, and they have all the answers and i go like you haven't lived enough life to have the answers you haven't had enough time with enough clients to have the answers um so but they're out there they're out there racking up followers and and people are you know following behind them so what are some of your biggest pet peeves with these social media guys these Podcast guys, these diet gurus, like these jerk offs out there.
0: <laughs> there's, there's a lot of jerk offs out there. Now, the biggest thing I have is when a trainer trains someone, uh, they may squat a different way. And I'm like, that's really not anatomically correct for your size and your frame. Who told you? Oh, that was my last trainer. Okay, so how tall is he? Well, he's five foot six. And how tall are you? Six foot three. Okay, so you're squatting for a five foot three person you're not squatting for your size and your height you you're limiting yourself on your gains um some of the stuff that i have out there that i some of the pet peeves out there that i have are many of these trainers suck at what they do there's one guy that i'm only going to point out his name is v shred and (laughs) he's been blasted throughout social media only because he just sucks and he copies one of the big guys, uh, Jeff Cavalier of Athlene X. I love his work. Um, he he copies his videos to the T. And that's not my that's not my goal, that's not my mission. I would love to be on the on the caliber of a Jeff Cavalier.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, but that's that's not my point of view. My point of view is to combine two worlds, powerlifting and bodybuilding, and make the everyday trainer trainee rather. And trainers, because I do coach trainers, uh, turn them into something better than they thought they were before. They may not be ready now, but they're going to be ready eventually.
2: <laughs> if, they, if they listen long enough, right? Exactly,
0: yeah. And that's, that's the pet peeve. They, people train the way they know. They don't try to go outside of their little bubble and figure out how to work that person to, the, to, their, to their exceedingly best. Does that make sense? Yeah.
2: So, what would you then consider your training philosophy and style? And what do you think people are going to get out of this podcast?
0: Uh, hopefully, people will get out of this podcast. Uh, my cornerstones are conditioning, strength, and mobility. Um, I incorporate multiple worlds, specifically power building, excuse me, power lifting and bodybuilding together to create the power building podcast. And I want people to understand why they train the way they do, for what purpose, whatever it is, and just become a better athlete than you were six months ago. You know, I, I don't want you to just read an article and, all right, I can do this. And most of the stuff out there in the articles is just garbage. Yeah. Um, the other thing, I just lost my train of thought. well that happens folks
2: listen this is a podcast you know (laughs) this is how how it goes you'll you'll lose your train of thought i did but you um you're going to incorporate you know all your theories and explain the differences and what's out there and and all this other stuff to help people kind of uh uh sort out what what's bullshit and what's what's good you know, and
0: separating uh, the bullshit from the real, yeah, yeah,
2: there's a lot of BS out there, they got to fill up space, you know, and you, you let Fillers. those same 20 year old kids write <laughs> articles, and uh, that's what you get, you get a lot of space filler out there. But you, you live the lifestyle you speak of, and you're currently training right now for a competition, mm-hmm. um, so tell us real quickly about the competition you're going to be training in. Um, and if you're, I'm, I'm sure you're going to be sharing this information while you're training with oh, sure. all of us. Sure. Um, so yeah, so let's touch base on the competition you're going into, how you're incorporating your own theories into your own training, uh, your own dieting, um, how you yourself have a coach, the way that you say, you know, people should reach out to you to be their coach. You have a coach yourself. So let's, let's talk about that. Like, what is that, that, that whole um, training experience, especially coming from a coach that might have some difference in opinions as well as your theory on how to train. So what's this experience been like training for your next event?
0: It's been and I was telling Sandy to my wife this the other day, Sandy, um, she goes, "How do you feel this time as opposed to the last times you competed?" And I said, A, I'm in a new feder- uh, a new category. Uh, classic, classic physique we're going to go roll on that again <laughs> classic physique division which I don't have to take as many drugs as I did Yeah, I said to her this is the cleanest quote unquote that I've ever been I'm only using a fat burner I'm on HRT regulated by my, uh, my urologist and I use a SARM which is a grey market steroid where in the past I would be on five or six different drugs. Yeah. And I never really accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. And my, my training has evolved, as well as my theories on drugs. Uh, and really, this, this is the last three years since my granddaughter was born. She was pivotal in that. And uh, my coach that I've had since 1999, Joe Franco, he, he's a natural uh, competitor. He's a Hall of Famer from the OCB. Mm -hmm. and uh he's got a great no bullshit very simplistic easily under easy to understand way of training people and I've taken uh, components from his training he trusts me to do my own training obviously I I more or less rely on him for progress photos I rely on him for accountability I rely on him for nutrition because I don't want to deal with that stuff. You, know, you ever hear the, uh, the saying, shoemaker never has new shoes?
2: <laughs> Listen, I'm a contractor with 80% completed jobs all over my house. Exactly. That's, <laughs> like, that's the point. I have no room to talk.
0: So now I got my guy Joe, and he keeps me on the level. And it, it's nine weeks before my show. <laughs> my training was push-pull legs six days a week. Now I'm back into my full-body high-frequency power-building mode which is what I'm gonna be adding a course, or I'm gonna be uh, develop, I'm in the process of developing a course online uh, as well as an eBook related to the high frequency power building system methodology that I use. Mm-hmm. Um, you're hitting the body every day, five days a week plus an active rest day, and every single person that I've put on this workout, this, this training template, it's a 20, a 20 week template, Every single one of them, and I've added some uh, before and after progress photos to my website, uh, marsrellafitness.com. Yes. <laughs> and That time and... you drop it. <laughs> <laughs> well, they all see the same success. Mm-hmm. And it's like within four to five months that they're seeing major improvements. So I knew I was onto something here. And this is a, a labor of love for the last three and a half years. And it really got started. It started out as an article for uh, EliteFTS.com, which I've written a couple of times to them before. And it just became, oh, this, this is way too long of an article. And now uh, the word vomit went up to 110 pages. <laughs> so I had a proofreader look it over. Now it's down to 70 pages. Okay. Now, I don't want to just release an ebook, and then that's it. I want to give something as a teaching tool. Yeah, which is why I'm developing multiple online courses. Yeah, complete with videos and and spreadsheets that you're going to be able to interact with, and in the actual book. So everything that I'm doing now is based around my high frequency training system, and the evolve the evolving Chris Marzarella from when I was doing bro splits, and bro splits have their place. Yeah. But a bro slip, for those of you who don't know, are single body parts every day, five or six days a week. I don't like that kind of training anymore because, again, I'm 55 years old and my knees can't handle it. My joints can't handle it. I was in an accident in May that uh, required me to uh, change some of the ways that I usually train. So now everything that I've done in the past is now coming into uh, focus, really sharp, laser-sharp focus for this show in November. Yeah. So it's, it's just an evolving uh, concept.
2: Well, I think that, that leads me to my next question of where do you see yourself, fitne- uh, Mozzarella Fitness, evolving in the next five years?
0: Okay, five years from now, I'm probably going to be what my biggest thing is right now. I want to be worldwide known um, because of this training system. I want to be able to reach more people than I could in the tri-state area. I have a pretty decent reputation in the tri-state area, mm-hmm. but I want to reach everywhere. And I think I'm just stuck on being famous. <laughs> 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 we're going to make you
2: podcast famous first.
0: All right? uh, yeah, that's that's we're going to work step. on that. That's
2: the first step. That, listen, getting the content out there, like getting in front of eyes, that's everything.
0: Right, and that's why I force you myself. have the best
2: system in the world. If no one sees it
0: exactly and and I don't want to build something and people are like who the hell is this guy and this is the reason for the first podcast which is this one the inaugural episode episode. and I want to make sure that people know that I'm an authority and that I have multiple articles that have been written on Uh I wrote for Alan Aragon research review and I wrote for leadfts.com multiple times
2: you like to write
0: I do, do. but now I need to go into this new thing, podcasting. And eventually, 5 years down the road, and hopefully I'll have a video channel on YouTube. Uh, well, this is the start of it. This we're gonna is gonna take the this start. video, you're going
2: to start your channel.
0: Exactly. This is this is the jump into the pool without yes. the uh the floaty things on. <laughs> you're too big for a floaty. I know well, sometimes. A rubber duck.
2: <laughs> All right, so we're going to wrap up with a couple questions that uh a little bit outside this arena, but definitely pertaining to who you are. So <laughs> Who would you say in your life was your biggest inspiration?
0: My dad and my, and my mom, both equally. They, they knew that they had a troubled kid. They knew they had, the kid had a temper, but they knew he was better than he thought himself. And those are the two people that always called me a persistent SOB in the worst way, but I turned it into a gift. And I try to teach my people the same thing, Never give up. Find a way to fix it. Find a way to do it. Find a way to overcome that obstacle. If there's an obstacle in your way, you smash through it.
2: All right. If you could tell twenty-year-old Chris something, give him some advice. What would you have to tell? What would you tell him?
0: Learn to listen. Listen to learn. Sometimes you just need to shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> My father taught me that. Just, Chris, shut the F up, please, and just let me let me explain. And he's right. And now he's right.
2: You should have shut your mouth up a little more. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Probably would have been 10 years down the road earlier.
2: We would have had this podcast about five years ago.
0: Yes. <laughs>
2: All right, if money was no option, like not a problem, money is out of the equation, and you could do anything in the world... Or you could be anything in the world you wanted to be. What would that be?
0: I would be the same person I am now, doing the same thing I'm doing now, only on a bigger scale like a 5,000 square foot semi membership training facility and hopefully training some uh, pro athletes. But I, I just want to stick in my realm, which is powerlifting and bodybuilding and strongman and getting people into their greatest shape they've ever thought they couldn't be. So go. I wouldn't really change much. Just
2: That's a beautiful thing. That means you're doing the right thing now. You I, fi- you finally hit the right thing. I Listen. You're as close to perfect as you could be. I, that's that's success is different for everybody, but but if you could get to close to what you would do if money was not an object, I think you, you hit it.
0: I I think I feel like I have, I mean, my wife laughs at me because I work from home in my studio. And I am extremely blessed to say that I don't feel like I've worked a day since I started training people full time. And I make money from it, which is the the most amazing feeling. Isn't it
2: crazy when you do something... You love and people actually pay you for that shit. It's crazy. <laughs> What's wrong with these people? I do it every day. I'm like, you're gonna pay me to come look at this house. Exactly. I I'd do it for free, but <laughs> but now I got to charge you a lot of money. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, that's exactly what I say to people. And I'm also the personal training director at Rock Sports, which is a great club, uh, great club in Tinton Falls. So you guys need to check that out.
2: All right, and one last thing: if what would be the best piece of advice you could give somebody that is. Looking to get into fitness, um, scared of making that first step into the gym, they need to make a life change. Um, You know, they they need they just need somebody there to coach them through. Like, what is the best advice you could give to that person?
0: I am in the process of mentoring two people. Uh, They're both twenty to twenty-two years old, and I try to teach them well, learn to listen, learn to listen, listen to learn. That's number one. Number two is train everybody and their mother and then don't have an avatar of what you think your niche is for the first five years. Just train everybody because you may find an undiscovered uh, niche that you can capitalize on. And learn the finances of being in business. Learn everything you can about how much money it takes for you to support that one client that walks in. And don't be afraid of fucking up. You know, if you mess up, Make sure, well, number one, number, make sure you're insured in, short in <laughs> case you fuck up. Yes. Uh, number two, you can't be afraid to say, I don't know. If you say, I don't know, follow it up with, I, but I will get you that information today. Yep. It, it, don't be afraid to look human. That's it. And don't overcharge somebody because if you're fresh out of, out of trainer school, quote unquote, you're not going to charge what I charge. And, a lot of young people think that, oh, I'm going to just charge 150 and just do online training. Yeah. You need the in-person experience where I'm trying to taper off on the in-person experience and get online with teaching people how to how to train, teaching people with private coaching. You know, th- these, this is my next step. Yeah. In, in five years, I want to be able to say, all right, let's take a fourth vacation. Yep to las vegas or, or italy or something like that, that that's it's my gonna happen
2: it is it's gonna happen well
0: my wife thank... will be happy with that yes yeah, she
2: will she definitely will she's gonna make you go no matter what she she'll did. force it on you anyway that's true all right well i appreciate you letting me be here i appreciate you some you questions here. um i think it was a lot of fun i think people are going to get to learn a lot about you and uh and i look forward to hearing these podcasts
0: i appreciate your time and I appreciate the audience tuning in and make it a make it an every month every Monday thing because that's what I'm going to be doing I'm going to be rolling out an episode every week so if you guys have questions email me or contact me at marzarellafitness.com and don't call me I'll call you <laughs> <laughs> so if that's it and that's a wrap, hold on, you, hold on. Tell them,
2: tell them, your Instagram page. Come on now. Oh, social oh,
0: media. Yeah, come on. All I'm
2: right. over here. I got. I I, do I got to do everything?
0: Yes. <laughs> it's uh, TikTok at Marzarella Fitness. In on Facebook, it's slash Marzarella Fitness, and on Instagram, it's Marzarella Fitness. Now, if you guys are interested in competing in Orlando, Florida, for a natural drug tested federation. <laughs> That's the OCB. Go to the website, ocbonline.com, and look for the N- the OCB Natural Kingdom. That's my show. Now, I'll be more than happy to answer any of your questions. Send me an email. I'll be more than happy to answer it. And that's it. All right. We're out. <laughs>